<laughs> Jimmy from LinkedIn. Oh, dear. Jimmy. That, <laughs> that one is, it's, I don't, I don't like it. It's, uh, I don't, Jimmy you know. From- yeah, no, I, it's, that's, that's not, I, I, I just. It's it pervades, yeah. it, it pervades my thoughts. Mm. Like, I can't not think about it. Like you're, it just, just, you're just walking around with that plane in your head. Yeah, basically. Yeah, well, I've time. been walking around with Ben Shapiro's laugh playing in my head. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. It's bad. Speaking of he's, do not he's, like. He's the Joker, baby. Oh, my gosh. Odds? Mods? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking about, I don't know, the... California as a state has become extremely jokerified. Like the mm. climate is yeah. just, <laughs> just burning everything down. Right. It's yeah, just crazy. Great. There was a I I I I feel real stupid because it was only like a week ago I was in like a Discord server with a bunch of folks who were, you know, they're talking about, oh no, the fires. And I was like, oh, don't worry. I'm in the middle of the desert. There's nothing to burn here. To the south of me is like a desert, to the north of me. Well, the desert that's the north of me did catch on fire and it burned 43,000 acres at the Mojave National Preserve. Cool. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it, totally took out like what you would i mean that's it's not, not really that's supposed to be like the one benefit of deserts is that there's not supposed to be very many things that can catch fire but i guess it's all the brush that's dried out yeah and the, well and the fire generally can't spread is the thing mm. but um, generally <laughs> but the thing is that there's like been so many pervasive non-native grasses and oh cool and stuff yeah. That um, once we were in this really bad drought, it was like one lightning strike, and it. This, I mean, if you look at this article I put in here, just the picture of like Joshua trees on fire is the weirdest thing because like it's just it's bizarre because it just doesn't you don't seem see like it. a thing that should yeah. <laughs> but it's really sad to see all those Joshua trees destroyed because Joshua trees are already super endangered and having uh, struggling with the climate change like their range is getting more and more limited it's really it is a bummer and um yeah this this area of the mojave national preserve is like one of the biggest like most dense places of uh joshua trees if you drive on the 15 freeway you know from where i live towards like out going to vegas um you'll pass through it and that's always a fun thing to see, and it's kind of sad. So, R.I.P. to uh, Yucca Brevifolia, uh, mm. aka the Joshua Tree. Um, so in order to to console myself, I've just start. I've just, I've I've really doubled down on the booch. Yeah, I saw I'm that in news. The mood for some water. Yeah, <laughs> except booch in this case. Some, I'm in the mood for some kombucha. Uh, <laughs> It's funny. My mom struggles with how to with with the name because it's so weird. Mm. She's not like the word kombucha is foreign to her, so she's always like, "Hey, how was your uh, Cambrocha? <laughs> no, <laughs> and like I'm a jerk and I tease her about it. So of course she gets mm. more paranoid about while well, she's saying it wrong. But yeah. uh. <clears throat> I've started. I've. I. Uh, we haven't talked about this on the show, but I'm. I'm booching myself. I'm making my own kombucha. Yeah. 
and you're you're burping it, uh, and you're sort of uh, rocking it back and forth gently. Boy, uh, boy am I burping it! it <laughs> I I was not expecting it to be that. Everyone tells you in all the videos and the things like you got to make sure to burp it every day because because it will really build up the carbonation. And I was like, I've made fermented drinks in the past and mm-hmm. I was underwhelmed with the carbonation. So I wasn't expecting it. And boy, howdy, it is like, Oh boy, look, <laughs> I open it and it's like a freaking fire hose. Uh, <laughs> so I've got a, I've got this technique where I like, Oh, just open very it. it's just like, must've been a torrent of water. <laughs> it's just a bunch of pooch. So I've got a picture of my, my, my main yes, which we will endeavor to make sure makes it into the show notes. Yeah, it might be. We who knows if we can do it. But Technology main, hypertext, you know. Listen, <laughs> we try. I've got my big my big jar of the first ferment, the thing that goes on with the with the mother, aka the scoby, mm-hmm, aka mm-hmm. um big wide uh bacteria disc, mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. That's in there. I mean, this picture, you can see it's on the bottom. This is the most disconcerting thing about it is the SCOBY moves. Oh, yeah. The SCOBY is more sentient than I would like it to be. It's just a colony of yeast and fungus and stuff. Yeah, I wonder if it's just because as it's fermenting, it's changing the density, you know, of the, the... the kombucha so then it's floating up and down well it's not just that it goes down and floats up it like floats up and then it goes down and then it's middle mm. and then down and then like different points in the day it'll be different places i don't know it's huh. weird oh it's like it's like one of those uh what are those thermometers called that are based on density <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 a barometer yeah <laughs> so there's that and then i've got my second ferment. so what you do is you ferment it first in the in the main jar with the the bacteria and stuff and then you pop it in some bottles with some fruit or whatever and i've got a row there of um that's pineapple and ginger Ooh. Mm-hmm. and then the other one are some fresh blackberries that uh that some that we got from some family friends yeah they have blackberry good. bushes yeah, so it's 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 going. Looks good. It looks like kombucha, which is good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really embracing this lifestyle. This is this is me now. Mm-hmm. You now, have you, we, yeah. We have been recommended uh, a brand that we have not talked about and indeed have not tried, uh, but we were recommended is the Brew Doctor Kombucha, which I understand is from Portland. Um, I was able to source some, although I have not yet tried it, but I got the. Brew Doctor Kombucha Watermelon Hibiscus flavor. So, mm. sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah. Can't imagine it's going to be bad, but I haven't tried it yet, so. Yeah, oh, we don't re- have... We don't, I don't, <laughs> just I, reading the reviews, and there are some one-star reviews. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Uh, someone said, this tastes like melted watermelon lollipops, which to me sounds pretty that, great, actually. Yeah, that doesn't sound bad. Give me like, that. Listen, hey, if you want to if you want to drink vinegar, just go drink some vinegar. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but oh. I was exploring the Brew Doctor uh, family of flavors, and they have a, a limited release flavor entitled Vanilla Blossom, which is hibiscus cherry clove, and it's made with rooibos and oolong tea, which sounds very interesting indeed. That does. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a lot of these are these are um, unlike the whatever the brand was. I forget the name, and we don't even need to try to remember the first kombucha that you had, where they had the sort of fanciful flavors that were weird. These it seem was like hum hum, yeah, which is the sound that you make when you taste it. Yeah, uh, these seem like good fanciful flavors. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've got right here on my desk. I've got a bottle of uh, GT's. Uh, gingerberry. I haven't had the gingerberry. Yet. Grand Grand Turismo Dave's. Grand Turismo Dave. <laughs> Grand, Grand Theft Dave's. Kombucha. I should pop this open. Let's. Oh, oh, very fizzy. Oh, oh, nope. Mm. Okay, don't don't get on my new keyboard. Oh dear. Oh, that would be that would be the that would be so on brand, but so terrible. <laughs> okay, let's try this new one. What flavor was this? He said gingerberry. Oh, interesting. I don't know that I've seen that. It's like blueberry and ginger. Which, yes, and I like both of those things, so... Hmm. I, it is very good. I can only really taste the ginger. Yeah, I feel like that's the thing with ginger. <laughs> but I'm a fan. Yeah. I like it. Maybe as I get deeper in, because it's got... Like, the blueberries a little bit... See, this is the thing. This is, I think, why I like kombuchas, because ginger is a flavor that tends to be used frequently, and I'm a big fan of ginger ale and ginger beer. So, yes. You know, yes. I, definitely. Bring, me, bring us the ginger, is, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I'm, every time I order ginger on uh, Instacart, the person's like very confused at the amount of ginger I'm ordering. Yeah, and you're like, like you're like all the ginger. They're like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yes." yes. <laughs> like, but it's this much. They'll send me pictures. This is enough all. ginger to kill five men. You're like, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bring um, me the ginger. <laughs> other shopping news. Let that. Let's just mm. turn this show into this is just, a this food is just shopping a sh- review show. <laughs> it's just a show about groceries now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. I have no idea how to grocery. I have no idea what I'm buying. <laughs> Just click in random bo- boxes in Instacart. <laughs> oh, but we have we're gonna have a positive vertical. We do. We've talked about you know noodles before. Um, and yeah, so put noodles in your a, salad. Yeah, positive vertical. Uh, yeah. There was discussion. I believe it was on Twitter this week about. Um, Breaking spaghetti or not breaking spaghetti? Do we break on the spaghetti? Do, do, <laughs> and uh, you like a I guess bowl of pasta. <laughs> it was new to me that people don't break the spaghetti, and I just wonder, like, are they just using very large pots mods? that the spaghetti mods mods? <laughs> Are they just using very large pots that the like unbroken spaghetti fits into? Because I've always used a pot that was small enough that necessitated breaking the spaghetti and then that was always just sort of what i learned to do anyway you just i just snap it once in half yeah and toss it in break and that's half length spaghetti is is p- still plenty long to you know spiral up on your fork you're not do missing you ever, out anything do there. you ever have those things that like you get really upset about you know you shouldn't you know it's stupid yeah. you know that there's it's not a big deal and you it, and but you yeah, can't you with stop feeling away about it and finding out that you among other people were breaking your spaghetti was so oh. upsetting to me <laughs> it was it, it, i had just a, like this visceral reaction in my I have, my I have soul was being rent in twain <laughs> i just my, i want to please my pot she's very small <laughs> 
Oh, no. <laughs> How do you eat the spaghetti if it's short? I mean, short noodles it's, are so bad. It's not that short, though. That's the it's thing. It's too short. That's the thing. It's, it's too no, short, it's... Andrew. <laughs> too short. No, God. <laughs> no, God, please, no. no. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's it's like uh, spaghetti is like uh, one of the more messy pastas to eat because you can't like stab yeah. at it. You can't right. scoop it. You got to like twirl it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if it's not long enough, there's not enough. But that's what I'm saying. I still to cling get a, to itself. I still get a great twirl factor. I don't know if the, you it, do, man. I'm <laughs> I'm telling you that you know what? I'm gonna have to like take video of my spaghetti <laughs> process now. I feel like it's gonna be you sh- too short. <laughs> I don't I will know. Eat your ass. <laughs> I'm so upset about this. this Don't is, break this the spaghetti. Is like the, this is like the first thing that we've seriously disagreed on. <laughs> it's and it's so important. Well, I guess this this is my question. Like, are, how, how big is the pot that you're using to make spaghetti? Because, like, if I didn't break my spaghetti, half of it would just be like out of the water on the side of the pot, not getting okay. cooked. So, so I will use maybe a. Uh, like a 10-inch pot? Using a giant Dutch oven. <laughs> no, I'm just using like a 10-inch. Sometimes if I'm okay. making a lot of pasta, I'll use like a like a big, you know, like a 12, 13-inch, right. you know, like a... See, the pot that I use is small enough to fit on the small burner of your conventional terrible electric stove. Why so. don't you just use a bigger pot, though? I'd have to purchase a larger pot. <laughs> you only have one pot? No, I have other pots, but they're, they're not... I don't have a... The the biggest pot that I have is is a Dutch oven. Well, that seems excessive. like yeah, right, exactly. You just need Though, a good middle pot. Mm, mm. The thing is, the thing is too. Even if I'm because I have had to you you know all the dishes are dirty. I'm not going to clean them. I'm just going to use whatever right, you've pot had I've got to. Left. You've had to sink to to the the depths where I am down yeah, here. Yeah, using using a land. little tiny uh, like a saucepan <laughs> that like. <laughs> That like a, a chocolate I'm, I'm using one of those one egg pans. <laughs> I'm using one of those single egg skillets to You're make my spaghetti. You're using one of those like World War II um, cups that the the soldiers would use with like the folding handle to like exactly eat their hot yeah. Chocolate. And I'm just I'm just sort of heating it up with my bic lighter underneath. <laughs> <laughs> like. You can you can just put the pasta in the water and half of the pasta is out of the water and that pasta will fall into the water. And I guess that's will, true because the spaghetti will lose its structure. Yeah, and it does not take that long for that process to happen. Mm-hmm. You'll be okay. Like I, I, I've I don't know, not that, had yeah, a problem just, with that. You know, my, my parents always broke the pasta, so that, it never <laughs> occurred to me that that <laughs> Listen, would be a thing my that father would broke the pasta. His father before <laughs> him broke the pasta. <laughs> this is a proud tradition. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm so upset about this. We got to move on. Well, we got to <laughs> hang on. <laughs> we have the good pasta to talk about. Oh, okay. In, in my eating of spaghetti, well, I have discovered. Well, maybe it's not good pasta because maybe you're ruining it. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good pasta. <laughs> okay. You, this so aggression you come up- will not stand, man. <laughs> You've come upon good pasta. Well, I used so to bad. think that, you know, like pasta was pasta, and so you just buy like the store brand, or you buy like Berea or something like that. The Berea. Um, but 
for whatever reason, when I was at the store recently, I, I found myself possessed to buy the most expensive spaghetti they had there, which was an entire dollar more expensive than the store. Wow. Brand. Uh, and it's really good. It's it's <laughs> distinguishable in in how much better it is. It's high yeah. quality pasta, and it you make it al dente. It's it's it is perfecto. We love yeah, it. Yeah, I. That's what I I'm saying. Always, is you know, I I give everyone listening permission to splurge an extra dollar or two on the nice pasta. It's worth it. Yeah, it is. It is, and it's funny because it's not even something I think about because. We grew up with a really good family friend who was a Italian family. The dad. Mm. Oh, did the they dad, make their own? Like, he grew up like uh, his grandma owned an Italian restaurant that was like a famous Italian restaurant. And mm. so like they always they have like a special store. They drive like down to L.A., you know, like oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like 90 do they, minutes. Do they get it fresh? No, it's, like it's, 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 it's not dried. fresh pasta. It's like dry mm. pasta, but it's like high quality. Um, right. They go down there and they get like a big, they get a big thing of pasta a and a big thing gran, of, grande. they get a wheel of Parmesan cheese. They get a bunch Tut, of bread. Tutta like, la pasta. It's, it's, it's like, you know, it, it, it's real. And so they, they got us into that game and got us mm. on the good pasta. And like, once you, once you have it, you're, you're like, you can't it's go back. Is, like, sometimes you need a guide to to you know. You need a, open your you need eyes a pasta a guide. You need a po- yes. <laughs> pasta guide. Gu- that mm, today's episode. <laughs> hang on one moment. <clears throat> oh, we forgot to do an ad. <laughs> today's episode sponsored by the pasta guide. <laughs> Have you been eating Knowledge. only macaroni and cheese? We'll help you sort that out by introducing new things like bow ties. Do, like, do you know what farfalla like, is? Farfalle. Neither do we, but we'll figure it out together. Did you do the you pasta think that, guide. A, that Tagatelli is actually just a very small animal that can that can live forever that's, that looks like a bear? Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> pasta guy. Yeah. You well like the other pasta you notice, like the the, the cheaper pasta is like gummy. Yes, it is. Yeah. And especially quality- especially if you try to like reheat it, you know, like yeah. if you have leftover pasta. Yeah. It's very it's very gummy and like doughy in an unpleasant way, but good mm-hmm. pasta mm-hmm. has like a nice little spring to it. And I would say like the flavor is better too. It tastes- The flavor is is yeah, it, it is much better. And I feel like, you know, I haven't really been preparing the pasta differently, you know. I I get the water, I put in a bunch of salt, and you just break a it all bit of in oil. half. I Even the macaronis, I break it in half, and I think of you while I'm doing. It. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> toss it in there. I break it into as many small pieces as I can, so it's just little crumbs of spaghetti. <laughs> all pasta becomes couscous in your hand. <laughs> I just I crush it into orzo. <laughs> Yeah, but g- uh, get get the good pasta. Treat your you I know just, what? Treat what I do yourself. is I take the spaghetti, I put it in my mortar and pestle, and just slam it down. I think though, like what we stumble upon with this is actually like a an economic point about a, and a political point. Um, mm. Because like when you grow up like poor or middle class, or I mean, you're denied the good things. The you're, good well, quality you're things. kind of taught to scrimp and save and to be yeah, yeah. thrifty. And it starts to become 
super insane when the difference is, oh, this pasta is like 30 cents more expensive than this other pasta, even though right. I only buy one box a week. So right. it's only a 30 cent difference a week. I have to get the cheaper stuff. I go, I have to buy the store brand. And it's like on some stuff, like it's okay to yeah, go for right. the more expensive because the difference is just not that much, but the quality of the experience is far greater. So mm-hmm. it is this like weird American type thing. You know what I mean? Where it's like oh, everything we have to, all of our food purchases, we, we have to be thought of in terms of cost. It's yeah. all an economic exercise and not like a nourishment or an enjoyment exercise. It's, which, it's all about, it's all about ideology. <laughs> yes. I don't know why we don't I, have I, a clip of him saying that, but we, uh, we'll, have we to, we'll have to add down. that to the list. Yeah. Somebody send that to us. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of ideology. This one's um, been on the list for a while as like a, uh, I, I, so I had occasion, I think last month to have to replace the batteries and something. And we're talking like double lace here. Um, and, and it occurred to me, you know, I, I don't have to replace batteries and things too often, but every time I do, it annoys me and frustrates me. And so this is, this is my yeah, cause battery. It's like, rant. what do I do with this battery? Yeah. Uh, alkaline batteries suck. First of all, they're disposable, and that's just dumb. That's just increasingly dumb in this day and age. Why are Doesn't we throwing out batteries? Doesn't this feel so stupid to throw a thing that's like a metal yeah. container I mean, I, of acid into the trash? Like Right, and just be like, well, that's done. Only got one use out of that, you know? <laughs> Adios. I don't yeah. know why this ever made I made sense, but then again, like batteries were invented by the same generation that decided that the way to dispose of razor blades was to just shove them into the wall. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, that you the know. guy who invented uh, the battery, like the original guy, um, mm. this, this, the Italian scientist, uh, Galvini, Al- Alessandro Galvani. Volta, oh, Volta, yeah, Alessandro Volta, he like a big bowl of batteries. <laughs> he, he, I, well, this is just a tangent, but, but my, one of my early, um, karate, uh, my Taekwondo masters was, uh, Master Volta, EJ mm. Volta, true story. He was a descendant of the battery man. And he had gone into karate instead. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he totally... <laughs> Nice. left the the battery business um so disposable obviously dumb i mean plainly dumb um but also alkaline batteries have almost no capacity and very low voltage especially triple a's which drain to nothing almost instantly and also nine volts which did you know nine volts are actually just six quadruple a's wired together what yeah they have extremely poor capacity that's why you're constantly replacing nine volts is because they're just the worst batteries my dog's invisible fence collars use nine have volts, nine volts and yeah. it's they're terrible. a pain in the butt yeah if you if you have like a dead one you can pry open the casing and inside you will literally find six quadruple a batteries with like a little piece of cardboard with foil on it sort of <laughs> connecting them together weird <laughs> um they're also very low voltage. They're like 1.5 volts, which means you usually need a bunch of them if you're trying to get up to any usable voltage. Um, but like the thing that gets me the most is why are they cylindrical? I mean, you look at like you pop open like the back of a calculator and there's all this wasted space where you could put 
like like if you had a, a a lithium ion battery it would fill that space but instead there's just air because they're cylindrical <laughs> and there's there's no yeah. reason there's no there's no like why do they need to be cylindrical it's not like they spin you know like what is the point <laughs> who this decided is like, this this is like well this is like my thing about like tupperware or like s- s- food storage things that are all cylinders or or circles like rem- this is early this is like season one of like yeah. no only square i'm only putting square things in my fridge screw this like because yeah. every now i have four corners of wasted space this is absurd right. yeah i mean there are things where cylinders are useful i'm thinking of like aluminum cans you know because you don't you can't for like a pressurized can having a square shape is bad because you concentrate the forces. But like this is a battery we're talking about here. The only so thing like, I can think is the, that they thought like, oh well, this is for this is for flashlights. Yeah, I don't. That, I guess so. Yeah. But like now I think about it, why do flashlights have to be round? Isn't one of the most annoying things about a flashlight like if you set roll. it down and it rolls away? <laughs> like yeah. they should be square anyway. Right. But, you know, I guess the thing is, like, I mean, so we have, like, rechargeable, you know, batteries now, like, a double A, triple A equivalents, but they're still not good, you know, Um, and I just don't understand why we haven't come up with a much better solution to this problem. This was my question to you, because I was changing batteries on things, and I was just thinking, man, I'm sick. I'm sick of having to think about when I have to buy more batteries. Yeah. And can I get into the rechargeable batteries game? And I I brought it up to my family. I was like, hey, guys, why don't we just change our whole house to just doing rechargeable batteries? And the response that I got was so they were so like just dead set against it. And I was like, maybe there's Jeez. stuff I don't know about huh. about these. I yeah. mean, one of the but my brother's an electrical engineer. So I figure like maybe he knows something I don't. I don't know. Like. I I mean, so like the rechargeable, the like nickel metal hydride rechargeable batteries are technically a slightly lower voltage than double A's, which can be an issue, but often isn't. Uh, yeah. You know, it's only in specialized cases. I don't know. I mean, there's there's the fact that like even rechargeable double A's are still not that nice to use i guess or deal with but i mean they're certainly more economical and ecologically friendly than disposable batteries i i said that we haven't come up with a solution to this but we actually did back in like the 1990s sony had like all of its like walkmans and mp3 players were powered by these things called gum stick batteries which are basically nickel metal hydride battery packs that are basically the shape and size of it as a stick of gum so they're rectangular and like Imagine just being able to sort of stack those up instead and they're rechargeable too. So, but that, but then, you know, then we all switch to iPods and now, you know, the batteries are just built into things and non-replaceable. So, you know, if you have, if you have something with replaceable batteries, it uses double A's. If it doesn't have replaceable batteries, it uses a lithium ion and it's, uh, yeah, I hate it here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just, just, this is one of those things that's like, um, I, you know, we've talked about how I'm on Star Trek. I finished Deep Space Nine and now I'm on to Voyager. I'm like, I'm, I'm mm. watching like three episodes of Star Trek, of a Star Trek a day, basically. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and you've that's been just doing, those, you've been, you've been booching while watching Star Trek and it's a right, lifestyle that I boys. admire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Commit to the bit is what I say. Um, <laughs> even if nobody cares or appreciates it, I commit mm. to the bit. And, the thing is that like watching it so much, so much is like, 
man, if we could just get some technology stuff in yeah, order, right? It, it, like, and we could do it if we could just have, if we could just get away from the the current mode of our economic system. Like, yeah. if we could just, get I, I feel of- like. I feel like the poster child for like how bad our sort of battery situation is, is the stupid magic mouse that you have to flip over to plug in. Oh my gosh. Like they couldn't even, I mean, I have a Logitech mouse here that's rechargeable and you plug it in on the and, front yeah. of the mouse. Like that's it's what I, not, got. I got the MX master here. Like we have this technology and yet Apple was like, no, if you want to plug in your mouse, you have to not use it. <laughs> and that's what I, ha- I have a magic mouse at work and, and I'm constantly running into like, I'm doing important work and like, Oh, don't have a mouse anymore. Yeah, now, okay. I, now I have to, now I have to splay my mouse upside down. Like it's a dead bug or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. I don't know. We do need to figure out the battery problems. Um, yeah. But uh, it's getting out of hand. It is. That's all I'm um, saying. You had some train updates. That's what I. This is the. This is the stuff I come. You know, some people come to the show for groceries, right. but I think a lot of people come here for train talk. Yep. Uh, so we've talked about Caltrain in the past and how they were in uh, jeopardy. Um, yeah. but uh, as of about two weeks ago, there there is a deal in place to put a sales tax measure on the ballots in the three counties that Caltrain serves, which would uh, uh, would provide them some sort of guaranteed income. So that is uh, looking like it will be on the ballot on uh, in November. Um, it's a one eighth cent sales tax increase. So uh, in the grand like- scheme of things, in San Francisco, <clears throat> literally nothing. <laughs> I saw people complaining about it and I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, but it would raise, it would raise Caltrain about a hundred million dollars a year. So that's a pretty, pretty tidy amount for them. So um, yeah, I I expect uh, that that will probably pass. Polls seem to say that it's pretty well supported. So um, I I think there, there at least um, there's some hope there, I guess. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. Um, news for your neck of the woods. Oh, um, we've, yeah. we've talked about the Express West uh, high-speed rail between Victorville and Los Angeles. Yeah, and uh, now uh, the uh, Los Angeles County uh, Metro System, Metrolink, um, yeah. is looking into how to connect Express West to the rest of the Metrolink system. Um, they approved... Uh, allocating $3 million towards the development of a 54-mile intercity rail corridor between Palmdale and Apple Valley. Um, that gives it a total budget of about $5 million um, to start looking at uh, sort of how to run rail from the Palmdale station to the Virgin Trains. Well, it's not, it's not Virgin Trains anymore. There was a whole kerfluffle. It's back to Brightline again. Um, oh, yeah. Express West. So Brightline was supposed to get bought by Virgin Trains and then like as of last month, that whole thing got canceled and they've taken the Virgin Trains branding off everything and it's back to being Brightline, which is a much better name. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so they're looking into that, um, figure out how to run trains between there, which would be neat because um, not only would that mean that people don't have to drive to your town to get on the train, they can just take the train from wherever they're at, but that would also give you a train link into LA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would take advantage of the I would this this is like the main thing 
other than mm-hmm. my crippling depression that keeps me from going to LA <laughs> for things <laughs> is that apart like, from I, the giant elephant in the room, <laughs> there is a small mouse I must confront from time to time. <laughs> Aside from the, the point that I've just completely broken. Um, yeah. The, well, just, but I, I mean, it, yeah, I, I get what you're saying because like, you know, if, if I mean, I'm just thinking about not only the traffic in L.A., which is notoriously bad, but then like just thinking about where you park and, and, you know, and then having to think about when to leave to be able to get home and all that versus just being able to take the train. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, Oh, my chair did that thing. Here we go. Uh, Oh, dear. (laughs) uh, Okay. Um, He's he's back, folks. I'm back. It. It is. It's right just driving now, there. Is, I am completely disoriented. That's, that's you with your chair. <laughs> driving anyway, there is is a pain in the butt. It sucks. Yeah. It's the, the traffic is not good. It's a long way. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So if I could just take a train in there and just pop out in in L.A., mm-hmm. that'd be incredible. I'd go to yep. some games. I'd yeah, that would be. Oh, you could go to the soccer games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whenever they you know let people. Go whenever to things they, again, but <laughs> whenever we AK, we hashtag return to normal, right? Yeah, yeah, we that's build, exciting. We build back better. Um, <laughs> what's in, what's interesting is they're not going. The project is not going through the Cajon Pass, following the 15 freeway, mm-hmm. um, which is what I had always somehow thought they would be doing because then it would yeah. go down. It would go down the 15 freeway down into Ontario into the Inland Empire and then connect with the Metro link that goes to, I think it goes to Ontario, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, it, it's just staying on this side of the mountains until it gets to Palmdale and then probably cruising through the Antelope Valley. Yeah. <clears throat> Which yeah. that sounds like it's probably going to be cheaper to do. It would um, be cheaper to do and it would probably be a lot faster. Yeah. It's inconvenient for everyone down in the Inland Empire, which is kind of a bummer, but they could always put another leg. Yeah. I will find, uh, there's a, a, a Twitter account, uh, Rail Magazine or Rail Mag, that did some looking into the various different possibilities um, and mm-hmm. sort of analyzing speed uh, and, and timetables and things like that. So I will find there those, really is those a whole tweets lot of nothing... and put them in the, uh, <clears throat> in the uh, show notes for those who are curious. Well, and and here's here's the thing that they they probably don't. I imagine they didn't talk about in this, but that I think is a big reason they can get away with this, is that it looks like the route they're taking goes right by, um, goes right by a huge logistics airport that's mm. in that's in Victorville. Hmm. Uh, it's like on the outskirts of Victorville between Victorville and Atalanta on the like off the three ninety five freeway. Um, so that would probably be pretty convenient for shipping stuff too. So yeah, but then again, the, the goal <laughs> is to, uh, I guess, offer a three and a half hour trip between LA and Vegas. So wow, that would be pretty cool. But and that would take all those people off weird, of the 15 freeway would just be amazing. Yeah, there are some weird uh, considerations, such as the fact that the Express West line is supposed to be electrified. Um, but Metrolink system is not electrified. So do they run um, dual mode trains or do you have to transfer from one train to another at some point is yeah. one of the things that they'll have to think about. Um, there is a route, the the Rancho Cucamonga route, which looks like it goes through the Cajon Pass um, uh, that they had, Brightline had talked about 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's shorter than the High Desert Corridor, but it is, uh, I believe, more complicated to do. The High Desert route that you're talking about has more planning and engineering work behind it already, and it's also a lot easier in terms of acquiring land and things like that. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, big, big yeah. thread here. Lots of good discussion in here. This is one cool. of the good things Twitter is good for. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot of folks seriously. who ask good questions. Um, stuff about the cost of electrifying the Antelope Valley line and stuff like that even. So, yeah. So that's Metrolink. Um, last thing is that the, uh, American track, our lovely national rail operator, the Mm -hmm. national railroad passenger corporation doing business as Amtrak, um, unveiled, uh, the new phase six paint scheme, uh, for its, uh, new diesel locomotives. And you can click through this link here and see a rendering of this. They're getting a whole bunch of new uh, ALC 42 Siemens Charger locomotives, and with them, they've decided to give them a new paint scheme. And I think it's, I think it's not good. I don't it's like real it. Real bad. It's it's very blue, um, but also like it's like cerulean it's just, blue. Yeah, there's different blues because the top of the train is a darker blue than the rest yeah. of the blues. There's this red in the front that's sort of weirdly just sort of in there. Um, some of these lines don't follow like the body panels of the train either. I don't know. It's weird. The only thing I like about it is towards the very back of the train, there's a little chevron, which is sort of an homage to Amtrak's original logo. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. I don't know. No. It's not, I mean, it's just, it's not very exciting. <laughs> No, it's know. it's very boring. It's, it's garish, I guess, is the, the, the <clears> term. That's I a good term for it. So, not a yeah. fan. Yeah, we try again. We don't love it. <laughs> it's okay. They'll be covered with dust <laughs> soon enough. Uh, yeah, they'll be all grimy and gross soon yeah. enough. Speaking <clears> of <throat> uh, grimy and gross things, um, Mitch McConnell. Hey. Uh so um this is an article by Ezra Klein um who uh sort of vacillates wildly between having good and bad articles because after he wrote this article he wrote another article this week entitled Joe Biden likes you which was just sort of very cringy. Ugh. Um, uh, rolling out the red carpet for Biden. But this is entitled, Why Republicans Are Failing to Govern and it basically observes that Republicans are doing this year the exact same thing they did in 2010 except that they were uh, in the minority then and not in government, and now they are the governing party, and they're acting like the non-governing party in terms of trying to stifle any, really anything happening at all. Um, and uh, so Ezra says, um, uh, I began asking, or I figured I must be missing something. Someone must have a plan, a theory, an alternative. Um, and so I began asking Republican Hill staffers and policy experts for correction. What wasn't I seeing? What was the GOP's policy theory right now? What do Republicans actually want? And so he asked, and basically all of these uh, Republican staffers were like, I don't think you're missing anything. There hasn't been a coherent GOP policy on anything for almost five years now. And basically there is no plan <laughs> at all. Uh, for the there's Repu- no the man Republican behind the Party. curtain. There's nothing. It's just empty. Yeah, there's nothing. Nothing's happening. There's a subheading here. Conservative thinking has no room for COVID nineteen. There's literally just like they can't fit it into their worldview, like that it. They can't even confront the reality of the situation to even begin to understand how to confront it. You know, uh, or, or you know, take action on it. So, 
And then they're yeah. also worried about being primaried by QAnon types, I guess. So they're just not doing anything, um, which is weird because it's pointed out in this article that, um, you know, a campaign slogan, keep America great, which basically amounts to more of this is probably not the best thing to run on right now. Um, so cool. But yeah, it's just, you know, as as we've been saying, as I've been saying, um, you know, the, the Democrats don't know how to govern and the Republicans refuse to govern. So, yeah, yeah, there's the thing is that I've realized that that both political parties are basically a weird alliance of in both of them between culture, culture war mm-hmm. and capital. Right. And yeah. everything they do either feeds into satisfying the culture war or stoking the culture war or pleasing capital i sort of think about it in like a sort of physics sense of like um you know the increase of entropy and the decrease of available energy of a system like they've just run out like they've spread out so much and and, you know that there's just no energy to actually do anything anymore like they've just sort of reached this point of heat death there's no there's no there's nothing left in the system to be able to do anything yeah and as the system gets more complex any one thing can't change much and it's more risky to change one thing because the consequences can be more far ranging. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just like the obvious solution for them is to just do nothing and rely on the kayfabe and the theater, you know? Right. Yeah. Which is, that's all it is now is politics as, as kayfabe and, and as a sort of theater act. Yeah. It it's continually amazing to me and I and, and th- this this is a real indictment of my brain um and me as a person that I like am continually surprised to remember like oh wait the people are democrats like yeah. there are people who I know who aren't who aren't just like for me politics is like a manifestation of my material circumstances right and of my ideologies and the things I believe it's not a team like <laughs> right as much- you don't you don't support the team just because it's like your team you know you you have actual policy objectives and things like that that you are you know that- looking forward you know or looking for in candidates yeah and so it's just it's just wild that i forget like which the- which is for- what the parties hate by the way they would prefer that you just shut up and vote for them <laughs> yeah yeah, it's 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 very it's very strange. Um and it's weird that I can't seem to learn this lesson and I keep forgetting it, but it's super true. And like the result of that like on the Republican side is you see you've you've seen this new the story that everyone's talking about this guy Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, I was going to say speaking of politics as as kayfabe. Yeah, this, this guy. new this new uh Republican candidate in is it north carolina where is um yeah he was endorsed by donald trump he's he's a um disabled guy in a wheelchair um Mm -hmm. who is like basically his whole thing is playing on fascist imagery and symbol tropes so like he only follows 88 people on twitter Oh, cool. Yeah, great. <laughs> Which um, is 
if, if that's, in, that's the, a dog in the whistle white power world, that's a that's a that's a sign for Heil Hitler. H H eight the eighth letter twice. Right. Um, and this basically this article talks about all of these different things as like this is what you're going to see from the Republican Party is a continuance of this sort of plausible deniability white nationalism. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can say maybe who it's 88 is just a random number and it could be a complete accident that he has well, 88 let me, followers. Let on me Twitter. give you let me give you something else that he did. So he took a a a picture he went to um, <laughs> Hitler's Eagle's Nest, which is yeah. like his Alpine house in uh, on the border between Austria and Germany. Um, and he took a photo there and posted it to his Instagram uh, and said that um, visiting uh, uh, it refers to Hitler as the Fuhrer and says that a visit to the site had been on his bucket list for a while and did not disappoint. So like. Yeah. Okay. So it says the vacation house of the Fuhrer. Seeing the eagle nest has been on my bucket list for a while, and it did not disappoint. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's just why you would have that on your bucket list. You know, if you were anything other than like a history professor, I guess. <laughs> and and you and know? the thing that the thing that you and have referring to, to it as the Fuhrer's, you know, eagle's nest. Like, come on. The thing you have to understand about this guy, too, is that he's not some, like, uneducated, bumpkin, racist, like, the, really, the models that we have for people in our society and our culture are completely outdated. Um, Mm -hmm. This guy went to a very popular uh, college. Where was it? What was it called? Patrick Um, Henry College. Yeah, Patrick Henry College, like... He was he he was an assistant to Mark Meadows, uh, you know, a powerful yeah. re- Republican. Like he has no job. Like he calls himself a real estate investor, but he like basically just started up this LLC like a year before he ran, <laughs> which owns a single property. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, that's the thing. Like he seems to be some sort of grifter because he doesn't seem to have a regular source of income. Like there's clearly some sort of power behind the throne here like someone's funding this yeah. whole this whole gambit you know um, yeah so it's not like he's in that's how ignorant, all this stuff works <laughs> it's not like he's an ignorant wacko and that's the thing that, that people get confused about with a lot of this stuff i think is they they just think like oh these are the deranged people of our society and if you're a deranged person and you're a republican then you end up being like this and if you're but but yeah. it's it's so much more devious than that and it's a what it is is it's a it, like i said it's a combination of capital and grievance politics mm-hmm. culture mm-hmm. war stuff um and i think that something that really bugs me if you listen to like any given like left wing pundit or podcast or thinker or twitter person there's like a lot of discounting of when people use the word the term fascism because they're like listen this is not fascism what we're saying like mm-hmm. and they'll give you a tons of historical examples to say why this isn't the same thing but i think the 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 major fallacy that they're falling into is that fascism just doesn't appear overnight in fully formed ways and and it, it it's something that's such a new phenomenon really like it's a it's of the 20th 20th century 
Mm-hmm. The like, really, we there could probably be a lot of different forms of fascism. <laughs> yeah, right. And and this this shares so much with the fascism that we saw in the 20th century, not not in exact explicit terms. Like they're not saying I'm a fascist. Well, that's because it was okay to say you're a fascist when it was a new thing. Mm-hmm. But now since we've been through it, it, it has a, it, it has a taboo on it. Right. So like, right. Um, you just I don't have know. All the I trappings just, of it. Yeah. I think people just need to be careful with discounting these people as like, you know, not taking them seriously because I think that's a mistake. I think this really does represent a move toward, uh, a, just a completely fascist, uh, party in the state. So, um, it is interesting know. that it's looking like we're going to have our <clears throat> first zoomer in Congress and he's going to be like a crypto fascist, which is, which is wild because that's so deviates, deviates from the demographics like right yeah <laughs> that that's a, a mega outlier mm-hmm. so yep. obviously it's, it's being bizarre. created from somewhere <laughs> right yeah yeah there i mean yeah there's clearly something going on here so yeah uh, but i think th- this is something to think about people who who kind of envision maybe like even if you don't agree with the biden presidency you envision of being some sort of respite i think that is a naive way to think um it, the Republicans are not going to learn a lesson from losing like, cause look, yeah. <laughs> they're in power and they're not learning any lessons that right. the, they're just going, marching down this road to an inevitable outcome. And I, right. I mean, I, this is like no when, way out the, when, when the tea party became popular, they just sort of became the tea party. And then when Trump won, they've become the party of Trump. And so when, you know, the crypto fascists get in there, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to, they're going to turn them away. No. Yeah. So, so that's a, that's kind of a dark uh, thought, but you know, <laughs> yeah, this is Let, why let's, we're, let's, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about, I don't know. Let's go back to food. Let's go back to food. Yeah. Uh, Burger King. Um, <laughs> oh no, wait, this is a bad story. Dang it. Oh no. So one oh, of my no. favorite things about Burger King is I used to, um, I used to watch, um, Univision. Uh-huh. The Spanish language channel back in the day because yeah. I thought it would help me learn Spanish mm. when I was in a Spanish class. Am I class. in Mexico now? Yeah. And one of my favorite things was they would have um they'd have television at, they would have like a show like Sabado Gigante, which is like a variety show, and they would like thank their sponsors and they'd name their sponsors and then they'd be like E Burger King. So like now whenever I see Burger King I hear Burger King. Yeah. Um, so, so Burger King, uh, got in some hot water, uh, this week because it turns out they've been exploiting a Twitch feature, which is actually supposed to be like a good Twitch feature to support streamers, um, to basically do like native subversive advertising. Um, so on Twitch, there's a feature where if you donate money to a streamer, um, you can include text and the text usually appears on the screen of the stream and in some cases is also read out by like a text to speech robot kind of yeah. thing. Um depending on what the streamer has set up or whatever. But Twitch has ba- or or Burger King basically weaponized this in conjunction with their ad agency that they would donate like the amount of money that it costs for like whatever combo they're advertising and then they would say um 
what was it? I just donated five dollars to tell you that you can spend five dollars and get a uh, combined meal, uh, you know, of whatever X Y Z items or whatever, and that would get read out to all the Twitch v- the viewers of that person's Twitch stream. Um, <laughs> so this is extremely stupid, and it turns out might get them in trouble with the FTC a little bit. I mean, so respect respect cool. the game. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this only came out um, after they uh, uh, did it. Like, it was only after this campaign more or less concluded that the ad agency put out. This is the thing: ad agencies um, they have make to this brag about for themselves. themselves. Yeah, they bragged about this campaign and how good it was, and then everyone was like, "No, this is actually very bad," and now you're going to get in trouble. So. Um, hopefully they're learning their lesson there that that's like uh, not cool. <laughs> we just gotta not, go back. That's not what that feature is for, you know? And now I'm gonna have to go in and like filter the word burger in donation messages. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like, um, why can't we just go back to the way they used to advertise to kids at Burger King by by creating the Burger King Kids Club gang? Oh, do you remember? Now, hmm. <laughs> do okay. you remember that? I got a I link to, I'm to kids-worlds-adventures.fandom.com in the, in the show okay, notes Okay, yeah. Right. A site I visit frequently. Boy, this <laughs> site is chaotic. The background of this is absolutely insane. It's, um, it's hot dog theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, is this meant to be... Was this meant to be like Burger King's response to like the Ronald McDonald's Playhouse sort of uh, it, it family is, of characters? It is, except for late, because this only came out in 1989. Yeah, by which point the whole Ronald McDonald thing was waning anyway because we had decided that we actually didn't like clowns. Yeah, this was this was of the era like in the turn from the eighties to the nineties. You know, you're having like you you were leaving the bushes and going into the Clintons. It was mm-hmm. a new. It was a kind of a new era. Um, and it was like right. the first. It was like an era. The first era in advertising where they were like doing id politics like it, like yeah because i'm just seeing here they've got the the members of the burger king kids club gang a multi-ethnic group of fictional characters you they're have like mascots for burger king yeah you have uh so you have kid vid a blonde caucasian male who loved video games and technology boomer a sports loving caucasian tomboy uh iq a male caucasian nerd jaws a tall african-american male jd a dog Lingo, a multilingual Hispanic male, snaps a blonde Caucasian female, and wails a Caucasian paraplegic male. So there's only, uh, what, two non-white two characters, but, you know, I guess, okay, it was the but you do have 80s. a disabled person and a dog. Yeah. And, you know... Oh, in the early... Two th- apparently this went on until the early 2000s when they added an Asian girl. Right. So... Yeah. Who wore a beret. But, nice. But they used to have these people, these things like printed all over the packaging and they'd have toys with them. And like, it was like a big mm. thing. And it was funny. Cause like, I totally remembered, remembered this. Um, and I brought it up the other day and it's like, it's one of those things that everyone has kind of like memory hold. But then when you bring it up, it's like, yeah, wait, 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 where you is know, this from? I think where I remember IQ. That character looks familiar to me in a distressing way. Um, well you know he's a blonde caucasian male who loved video games and technology hey hey listen hey (laughs) easy so of course you'd remember him yeah Uh and then they added jazz an asian girl who loved music and wore a beret and it looks like carrying a trumpet with one hand which is going to get tiresome real quick but you know (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. wouldn't recommend what i do enjoy that the dog uh appears to have a mustache and is also wearing like a helmet and goggles (laughs) 
That's it's just so cool. How many dogs do you see wearing a helmet and goggles? You know that's because Almost that dog none. is doing stunts. The do- the do- the dog is out there getting paid. <laughs> that dog is stacking the cheddar. That dog so, is dog is, is out there securing the bag. <laughs> securing the bag. Securing the doggy doo doo bag. Um, <laughs> Then in uh, 2004, see this to me, this is like a perfect like 9-11 um, mm. brain melting, uh, 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 yeah, like just a, a description just of weird. what happened to our society after 9-11. Because mm-hmm. in, in 2004, they replaced them with something called Honbats. Which doesn't even, that's not even a thing. Like what even is that? It was a group of characters it's that, just, you know, fluffy ruffs. Yeah. Bom, bom, just, bom, <laughs> they just look like weird um, they're just shapes shapes <laughs> they're just like anthropomorphized shapes with yeah they look like i don't know they look like a cross between like aqua teen hunger force and like happy tree friends characters they're like which invader is, zim background it, characters yeah exactly anyway <laughs> their names but too. they all had personalities their yeah. names are mix max mm. Hmm. A punk who likes Who's showing a- off. This this one's is this or that. All one word. This Large or that. Max. Yeah. <laughs> a green monster that likes to eat everything but cannot decide where to start. Bonnie. Bon, a, bon, studious- bon, bon. <laughs> a studious character and the only female of the group. Chomp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a large, intimidating Honbats who is a really big softy and wants to fit in. And the Eeps. The Eeps. A small discount group, foie gras. <laughs> a group of small red ketchup craving creatures. Mm. Yeah, I, well, you know, I feel that. I do crave ketchup. It's very bad. This is just, yeah. The postmodern children, burger children's characters is just. Order it exclusively online at <laughs> www. Yeah. <laughs> It's very bad. That's why I tweeted today uh, a picture of this and with uh, AOL, AOL keyword Honbats. <laughs> <laughs> but I ret- I tweeted today uh, reject modernity, embrace tradition with this. Mm, very good. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how the Zoomers don't know about AOL keywords. Oh snap! Uh, that was a thing. Yeah, the, for that a time was, that was how you found things, or how that was you how at least you told found people to find on the things. internet. Yeah. I'm just going to go out here and say that the only good uh, uh, McDonald's uh, marketing campaign was Mac Tonight. Ooh, we we yeah. love the we love the big moon faced guy <laughs> with the with the sunglasses. Yeah, I mean effortlessly he cool. Need, he didn't need sunglasses. Obviously, it was at night. Obviously, right. he was the moon, but he the needed, only source of light. He needed to wear the sunglasses so that you would have no doubt that he was cooler than you. Yeah. Um very good. Anyway. So I guess that was bad news. Burger was, King yeah, advertising yeah. to the children. Hmm. Some other companies behaving badly. We got Uber and Lyft. Um Yeah, you you talked about how they were preparing to do a capital strike and indeed uh on Thursday Lyft was like we're going to do it. We're going to shut down on Saturday and so a court was like, "Okay, fine. We'll grant you a a, a stay of the ruling so that you can appeal." Uh, which is, yeah, great. We love it. They're just, yeah, I mean, the the problem is, uh, um, yeah, the, uh, California, I guess, the courts blinked on this one. Did not yeah. call the bluff. 
So. It's really pathetic. I mean, um, if there were any time when Uber and Lyft could shut down and there would probably be minimal impact, it would be like during a pandemic when people are not listen, traveling nearly as widely as they used to. <laughs> California is something like the seventh biggest economy in the world. Like, yeah, they can't. They can't afford to shut down in our state. That's like their money. Right. It like, would hurt them as much as. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not going to do it. And if they do. It's just, it's just holding a gun to my own foot and saying it's really going to hurt the independent contractors if you make me do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's really <laughs> stupid. I don't know. I This needs to get resolved ASAP. Read, read, read the books. Read the manuals. <laughs> read the books and the manuals. Yes. We've had that on our checklist. We did it. Fortunately or unfortunately. Um, uh, now, unfortunately, today's episode is sponsored by Uber. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. So other b- companies behaving badly. We got Apple being yeah. a huge piece of crap. Apple Apple, um, Apple is, you know, um, there. I'm just looking for the clip here. Hang on. I got to find it there. You know, um, they're very small you may, business. You may, you may have your opinions, but try running a small business. They're very small business. They're a small business of only $2 trillion. And so it is imperative that they acquire more money. Um, so, you know, uh, there's obviously the whole Apple and Epic thing, which I'm sure everyone knows about. Um, I don't really have strong opinions on it. I'm just sort of in a let them fight mood. Um, I, I yeah, do think I, that the 30% cut is too much generally, especially for like not billion dollar, trillion dollar companies. Um, yeah, you know, like the guy who makes the deliveries app, you know, like <laughs> forking over 30 percent uh, seems bad. But yeah. um, apparently this has escalated now in a sense. And um, they demanded that um, the company that makes WordPress automatic and provides the WordPress service um, basically said that. Um, they had not been able to update the WordPress app on iOS for a while because they were locked by the app store. Um, and there was no way for them to issue updates or bug fixes until they caved to a demand to support in-app purchases for its wordpress.com plan. So previously to this, the WordPress app on iOS, um, you could like log into a WordPress blog to, you know, post blogs, um, but you couldn't like subscribe to them at all. Like that just wasn't functionality that they, you know, you couldn't subscribe to a wordpress.com plan. And Apple basically said, you have to add that to your app and then fork over 30% of the in-app purchases or we will not let you update your app, which is silly because they're basically not demanding a change to functionality, but literally demanding that they add a functionality that didn't exist before so that they can have 30% of the revenue from that change. It's like demanding you sell more stuff on our store. Like, right. Which is bizarre because like, I feel like they would have been totally within their rights to say, well, we don't want to add that. Like we don't, our app is fine without that. But it says like, well, you run a paid service and you have an app for that service. So you have to offer the ability to sign up for subscriptions to that service, which is silly because this is like a lot of apps on the app store. Like, are they going to start having Netflix like require I, I don't know where this ends, and I also don't know why a two trillion dollar company needs, a, you know, a little bit more money from Automatic, which yeah. makes WordPress, which is like a not a they're like I don't know maybe a million dollar company. They're certainly not. <laughs> they're a not a huge company, company, and they're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
They're they're privately held. They have uh they have eleven hundred employees. Like it's not a particularly large company, but yeah. Oh no, it is a billion dollar company. We regret the air. Thank you, Silicon Valley, for that. But yes. Thank you for the inflation. <laughs> but they don't I mean they make they make the following things. They make they make WordPress. They own Tumblr now, so that's something. Oh. Um and they make like they make like a bunch of tools, basically. They make an e-commerce plugin for Word. They basically make WordPress, Simple Note, and Tumblr, and then things to go with those. So, yeah, like it's not exactly like uh, you know, it's not certainly like not as not to this. They're, yeah, they're not to the extent of like Epic with Fortnite or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, shut it all down. That's just yeah. <laughs> I don't, I think we should, yeah, I don't know, break up Apple, break up all the tech companies, frankly. I don't know how you'd do it, but it's clear that so, they're Somebody should do something mods? about this. Mods? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, that's a good place to end, and I've got to go to the bathroom very bad, so. Alrighty. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made But I'm working to be better day by day And I think I'm gonna make it But for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing I have no idea what I'm doing